Welcome to the legacy teachings of Bill Anzavino, pastor of Christian Assembly Church since 1979. Though these teachings are decades old, we invite you to get out your Bible, take notes, and get ready to receive the uncompromised teaching of God's Word. For more information about Christian Assembly Church, please visit us online at cafamily.net. And hold up to heaven and say, Father, I thank you for your Word. It's alive. It's living in me. I have what it says I have. I am what it says I am. And I can do what it says I can do. This is not just a book of history. It's not a book of religious tradition. It's a book of life and a road map for my life. I will receive tonight revelation knowledge, wisdom understanding, and ability of all things that pertain to life and godliness. I'll be quickened according unto your word, changed by your spirit, from glory to glory, and I'll never be the same again. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise God. Find Hebrews chapter 11, if you would, please. Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 6. God is doing a work in the earth today that we need to be familiar with. We need to recognize what God is doing. We don't want to just attend church and do our own thing. We need to know what God is doing in the earth. And what He's doing is He is bringing together those that have been instructed in the word of faith and those that have been instructed in the power of God. In other words, there have been moves of the Spirit in times past in which the Spirit of God emphasized certain things. In the charismatic and Pentecostal movement, there's been an emphasis on the power of God in demonstration. As a matter of fact, Paul the Apostle himself said, My preaching and teaching was not with enticing words of men's wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power. In demonstration of the Spirit and of power. In other words, he put on a display of the power of God. God's power was demonstrated in and through His preaching and teaching. Why? That your faith would not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. And so the power of God was revealed. The power of God was manifested in a glorious way upon the earth. And then out of that movement, God led us by His Spirit into the Word movement, and the Word of God was emphasized, and faith was emphasized, believing God's Word, acting upon God's Word apart from our, our sense knowledge evidences. And many were instructed and have been instructed in the Word of faith and taught along those lines. Now, it's also true that many haven't heard these things because we also recognize that people are just getting born again today. And they don't even know what we're talking about when we talk about a move of God, a movement of God. An emphasis of the Spirit. And so we've always got to be teaching and preaching the same truths from the Word of God over and over and over again. But this is what God is doing. He is bringing together these two moves of His Spirit. It's the work of faith with power. Believing in God's Word, believing in the power of God, and then bringing those two camps, so to speak, together to create a dynamic force 
for himself upon this earth to carry out his purposes and to carry out his plan. And so we want to talk much about the power of God, and we also want to talk about faith. Now, Wednesday night, we've been talking about faith, and that's what I want to do tonight, is talk about faith in the book of Hebrews, chapter 11, and verse 6. Now, you have to remember that God also said in His Word that my ways are not your ways, and my thoughts are not your thoughts, in Isaiah, chapter 55, and then verse 6. He said, my ways are not your ways, and my thoughts are not your thoughts. As the heavens are higher than the earth... So are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. God has a way of doing things. And His way of doing things goes far beyond our way of doing things. His way of thinking supersedes our thinking as high as the heaven is above the earth. So His thoughts and His ways are far different from man's thoughts and ways. Man lives by certain rules and regulations and certain laws, natural laws. But he operates in a different plane. He has higher laws. He has higher ways. He has a higher way of thinking. And that's what we want to talk about. We're not concerned about religion. Religion doesn't save anybody. We're concerned about reality. Reality with God. If you don't have reality with God, religion's not going to do us a thing. It's not going to do a bit of good for us. It's not going to do anything for us. Jesus didn't say, except a man be religious, he shall not see the kingdom of God. He said, except a man be born again. He shall not see the kingdom of God. Amen. He can't enter into the kingdom of God. Isn't that what he said? Yeah. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no man gets to the Father but by me. Right. I'd rather follow what he thinks and what he says and his ways and his programs because his are higher than ours. He has the, creden- the credentials that, as far as I'm concerned, are needed to back up what he teaches and what he says. I know I just began to read some things that he said, and I thought, my goodness. The things that Jesus said and the things that Jesus spoke, as they said in the Scriptures, man has never spoken before. We've never heard of these things before. Well, that's why He came to tell us about these things and to teach us in line with the ways and the thoughts of God the Father. And so we're going to learn about a law that supersedes natural laws. It's called the law of faith. Amen. And so we're going to study faith tonight, Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 6. This is one of the classic Bible verses on the subject of faith. And I believe just from this one verse itself, we can learn some truth and glean some light. It says right here in Hebrews eleven six. but without faith, it is impossible. Everybody say impossible. Impossible, impossible means what? Impossible. Doesn't it? But without faith, it is impossible. It didn't say without religion. It didn't say without excitement. It didn't say without joy. It said without faith. But without faith, it is impossible to do what? To please God. It's impossible to please God without faith. I've been accused over the years of putting too much emphasis on faith. And I always say to these individuals, would you rather I preach doubt and unbelief? Well, come on, next Wednesday night we're going to meet together. We're going to study doubt and unbelief and learn how to fail. I'd rather be a preacher of faith. Paul the Apostle himself said what? The word of faith that I preach. He wanted to instill faith in the hearts of people. Not doubt, not unbelief, but faith in the hearts of people. Without faith, it is absolutely impossible to please God. 
The reason why many things are not happening in the earth today is because people are blinded to the law of faith. Actually, people are blinded to the ways and purposes of God. And many have not the knowledge of God and don't know how to operate in kingdom principles. And you know why that is? Because when man fell from the presence of God, his mind was darkened. He lost 90% of the use of his mental faculties. And that 90% knew God, knew the ways of God, knew the purposes of God, knew the plan of God, knew the laws of God. And he lost all that. If a man functions, at least 10% of his brain functions, he's called a genius. But not in the sight of God. What is he in the sight of God? He's not using 100%. He's using 10%. I mean, what does that tell you? 10% means you're not using the other 90. The other 90 knew God. Adam walked with God. Adam knew God. He knew the ways of God, the laws of God, the purposes of God, the plans of God. He knew how to live by faith, how to walk in faith, how to walk in the Spirit. He knew all that. But when he fell, he lost all that. He was darkened in his mind. His spirit was separated. His mind was darkened. And he lost all that knowledge. And now we're having our minds renewed to the ways and purposes of God by studying the Word. Jesus brought those truths to us. And we all have to renew our minds to what God says. Without faith, it's impossible to please Him. For he that cometh to God must believe that He is, and that He is a rewarder of them that diligently seek Him. We're going to break this down a little bit. And once again, notice in the first part, without faith, it is impossible to please him or to please God. Why is it impossible to please Him? Because I believe that faith is believing in the integrity of God. Faith is believing in the integrity of God. I go to the Scriptures. I find certain statements that He made. I find certain promises that He made. And then you know what? I believe, I act, and I speak like He told the truth. That's what faith is. Faith is believing, acting, and speaking like God told the truth. And the reason why we can't please Him without faith, because if I don't believe, act, and speak like God told the truth, you know what? I'm accusing Him of lying. I'm saying He is not a God of integrity. Think about that for a moment. The Bible says that God is not a man that He should lie, nor the Son of Man that He should repent. If He said it, He'll do it. If He spoke it, He'll make it good. And you can read the Bible from Genesis to Revelation, everything that God ever said, every statement that ever came out of His mouth, and there are certain things yet unfulfilled, but will be fulfilled in their time. And you will not find one time that God told a lie. You'll not find, no matter how it seemed impossible for what He said to come to pass, He would say it, 400 years, 500 years, 1,000 years before it ever happened. But believe me, beloved, it happened 1,000 years later. Because to God, a day is as 1,000 years and 1,000 years is as a day. So to God, time is, is unimportant. He said, a virgin shall conceive and bring forth a child. His name shall be called Emmanuel. God is with us. So 400 years later, it happens. Do you see that? He has never given us a reason to doubt His integrity. If I lie to you time and time and time and time again, and I tell you I'm going to do something for you, you will doubt my integrity. You will doubt that I'll follow through and do what I said I would do, right? Because I have given you reason to doubt. But if I have kept true to my word on every occasion, and I told you tomorrow I'll do this for you, you can bank on the fact that I'll do it for you. Isn't that right? 
Well, God has spoken all these things. He's put His Word out there. He put His integrity out on the line. And everything He ever said came to pass. That's amazing. Can you imagine if everything you ever said came to pass? Please, Lord. Please, Lord. I want you to say this with me. You're going to hear this over and over again. God is wiser and smarter than I am. Amen. Can somebody shout amen? We don't always know what to say. And we don't know that what we say is the right thing to say. And thank God it's not going to come to pass. Amen. God believes in His words. He believes in His integrity. He has never given us reason to doubt Him. Everything He said came to pass. But it's so hard to believe that God said something. Why? Because my feelings contradict it. Isn't that right? The Bible says He has given His angels charge over us to keep us in all of our ways, to preserve us, to guard us, and to accompany us in our ways of obedience and service. You know what that means? You probably have an angel sitting by you right now. You don't see it. You don't feel it. Can't smell it. Right? But he's there. And now that I said it, you're more conscious of it, aren't you? That's what God said. And you know what? If God said it, I believe it. That's what faith is all about. It's like it's believing, acting and speaking like God told the truth. Finding out His promises. Finding out what He said. And then believing, acting, and speaking like God told the truth. Hey, God told the truth. Boy, isn't that good to know? Yeah, it is. Amen. He didn't lie. That's right. He told the truth. Yes. He absolutely, positively told the truth. That's what faith is all about. Believing in the integrity of God. And when I don't believe, act, and speak that way, you know what? I make Him a liar. And that's why you can't please God apart from operating in faith. And it would do us all good to find every prophetic thing ever said, ever spoken out of the mouth of God. And you know, if you were to do this mathematically, the chances of all those prophecies coming to pass, if you did it mathematically, would be one out of, and you wouldn't know how to calculate the number. One out of millions upon millions upon millions upon millions upon millions... One chance out of all those millions and millions and millions and zillions and go on, that, that, that all that he said would come to pass. But you know what? There's never been one time that his word failed to come to pass. Why do we war with believing God? Because of our feelings and emotions. So you can't please him because you're doubting his integrity and he's not pleased when we doubt his integrity. And really, honestly... If your child walked up to you and said, Mommy, I don't believe that you're going to do what you said because you've always lied to me. How would that make you feel? You wouldn't feel good about that, would you? That's like walking up to him and saying, Father, I know you said you'd help me, but I don't really know that I can trust you with my life. I really doubt your integrity. Now, I know you said you'd do it, Lord. But, I don't know. Think that pleases Him? That doesn't please God. So without faith, everybody say it's impossible, it's impossible. to please God. 
Another reason why it's impossible to please God is because everything that he has ever worked for to obtain for us in this life, I mean, all that Jesus did to obtain blessings for us to experience in this life, those blessings can only be experienced in reality through faith. In other words, he has worked very hard to provide salvation, healing, deliverance, wisdom, financial assistance, strength, whatever it is that we need to get by in this life and to be a success, He has worked hard to obtain for us. And in the plan of redemption, Jesus did all that work. Now, the Father planned it out, Jesus worked it out, and the Holy Ghost carries that out or makes it good in our lives. And all that He did is experienced or received by faith. So if I don't do my part to obtain faith, then all that He did for me It's there, but I don't have it in reality. It would be like you going to work day and night, you know, working as hard as you can to provide things for your family. Whatever they may need in this life. The essentials, the necessities of life and that sort of thing. And your child is right there and your child is hungry and your child is in need of food, but the child doesn't eat that food. It's all around them. All the blessings are there. All the food is there, the water to drink and all that. But the child is incapable of eating and drinking. Because the only way the child can eat or drink is through faith. It's all there. You've provided it and you see your child dying. How would that make you feel? How would that make you feel? You'd feel horrible. How many of you as a parent right now know how hard it is when you can't meet the need that your child has? I'm not talking about just finances or whatever. Your child may have a physical need that you cannot meet. What does that do to you? If you saw your child with a situa- in a situation where a sickness or a disease was endangering that child's life, how would it make you feel as a parent? You can't work hard to make money to buy health for your child. Because there is no cure, let's say, for that particular thing. How would it make you feel? You are incapable of providing what your child needs. It would hurt you deeply inside if you could you do anything possible to provide for that child. Well, I want you to know something. God has done everything He could to provide for us. Jesus did everything He could so that we can be successful in this life. He went and destroyed the works of of Satan. He bought back everything so that we have freedom and victory and deliverance in this life. And all these things, the authority of the believer, all that we need to have, whether it's healing and health, it's success, it's financial assistance or strength, whatever it is that we need, God has already provided. And He has a storehouse full of provisions for every single child of His. But the only way those blessings can be experienced in reality in our lives is through faith. But we don't understand the operation of faith. And we don't do anything to learn about how faith works. How do you think that makes him feel? I've done everything, but yet I can't get it to them. And let me show you why. There are different realms. There's the spirit realm. There's the emotional realm or the mental realm, the intellectual realm. And there is, thirdly, the physical realm. God is a spirit and all that he provides is in the spiritual realm. And those things that are in the spiritual realm made the natural world that we see. The natural world was made by the spirit world. And the natural world is subject to the spiritual world. So the spiritual world is superior to the natural world. 
All that God has provided is in the spirit realm. And those things have got to come to us from the spirit realm and manifest in the natural realm. And the only thing that can bridge the gap between the natural and the supernatural is faith. God has saved us and salvation is for everybody upon the face of the earth today. Do you know what prevents people from experiencing salvation? Listen to the verse. Ephesians 2, 8 says, For by grace are you saved through faith. God has already provided salvation, but a person is not saved if he doesn't have faith. For by grace are you saved through faith. Only faith can allow us to experience the saving power of God. And although it's right there all around us, it's like in this room. We've got electrical outlets all around us in this room. Electrical current is flowing into these outlets so that we can have the power that we need to to play musical instruments. To speak on these microphones and that sort of thing. To have the lights operating and all that. All the power is right here. We have got to plug into it. We have got to tap into it. We have got to turn that power loose and let it work for us. Amen? Amen. The only way we can experience the blessings of God in our lives, whether it be salvation, healing, deliverance, or whatever it is that we need from God, is through this thing called faith. Faith is what bridges the gap between the natural and the supernatural. Faith is what enables the power of God to flow into us so that all that He did uh, for us can be experienced in reality. And without faith, no matter how much we cry, no matter how much we work, no matter how religious we are or how good we are or how bad we are, none of that matters. It's by faith we receive from God. And without faith, we can't receive from Him. And so you see, beloved, it's faith that activates God's power, releases His abilities, and enables Him to accomplish His purposes in our lives. And if we're not doing that by faith, He's unhappy. He is displeased because He worked hard for us to experience these things. You know, He wants people to be saved more than they want to be saved. How many of you can say amen and really believe that? There's a lost sinner out there. I'm talking about someone who is just, you know, in the lowest places in life. And people, other human beings around them may not even be concerned about whether or not they go to heaven or not. But I'm telling you, God is. And that person might not even be concerned about his or her own salvation. But you know what? God is. And I'm telling you, the Bible says not one sparrow falls to the ground that God doesn't know about. There's not one hair you lose from your head that God doesn't know about. And there's not one human being alive on the face of the earth today that God Almighty is not concerned about. And He wants them saved. He wants them delivered. And it's only by faith that they can have this experience and experience the reality of God. Amen. Let's go on. For he that cometh to God, this is verse 6, the next part. For he that cometh to God. Everybody say must. 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 See, I must. I must. This is not an option. Can you see that? This is not an option. I must. I must what? I must believe. Believe what? That He is. What? I must believe that He is. Not that He was, but that He is. I must believe that He exists. You hear some people talk in certain circles today and you think God died. That's true. I'm telling you the truth. 
Well, God doesn't do any miracles today. God doesn't do this. God doesn't heal. God doesn't set people free. All this. None of this is for today. Well, what did he die? What happened to God? You think when the last apostle died, so did God. No, God's still alive. Jesus is still alive. And He still is on the throne. And those that come to God must. I must believe that He is two things. And that He is the rewarder of them that diligently seek Him. I want to give you a, a mixed translation, if I may. It's a mixture of Taylor, Moffat, and Knox. May I? Okay. It says this. Nobody reaches God's presence until he has learned to believe that he exists and that he will reveal himself to those who sincerely look for him. Reveal himself means he will make himself known. Paul the Apostle was going around killing Christians. How many of you know that story? At the time, he was Saul of Tarsus. And he was going about with papers to get Christians hauled into prison and beheading them because he was not pleased with what they were doing. They were serving God like they knew how to serve God. And he didn't like that. It was destroying Judaism and he couldn't stand that. And so he went about thinking he was going to do service for God. He was taking Christians, putting them in jail, having them killed. Now he had a zeal, but not according to knowledge. God looked into the depths of his heart and knew that he wanted reality. He knew that he wanted to do the right thing, but he was just all mixed up in his head. How many of you know that you can be right in your heart and mixed up in your head? Have you ever been there? We can all be that way. You know, our heart is right, but we just don't know enough up here. I'm telling you, the person that thinks they know something, they haven't met God yet. Go back in the days of Job, and Job's questioning God. Imagine this, Job is questioning God. And when he finally gets done questioning God, you know what God does? God starts questioning Job. <laughs> How would you like to be sitting down, and God's going to ask you a few questions? He starts out with a simple one. By what cord, cords does the earth hang in orbit? Uh, oh. <laughs> Uh, let me, I'll be back in a minute, Lord. <laughs> and what's his answer? And he, that, that was the first one. He just went on and on and on and on and on and on. He said, where were you when I named the stars? How much sand is upon the seashore? Do you know every grain? Got his little calculator. I mean, God's a lot smarter than we are. God knows a whole lot more than we know. Can you say amen to that? And that's why, beloved, we've got to recognize our need to have our minds open. We are finite beings. We are limited in our understanding. And if we want to have a revelation of faith, and if we want to have a revelation of God, we've got to say to Him, I humble myself before You. I don't know anything, Lord. Take me and fill me up with Your knowledge, with Your wisdom, with understanding of Your laws, Your principles. I want to know how to serve you. I want to know how to live for you. I want to know the things that you know because you are much wiser and smarter than I. That's how God wants us to approach Him. Now, the Apostle Paul, like I said, he wanted to know God. He wanted to serve God. His heart was right, but he was wrong in his head. You know, Jesus revealed Himself to him. He appeared to him on the road to Damascus, and that man got turned around. 
Well, God said He would reveal Himself to us if we would be diligent in seeking Him, believing that He exists. Beloved, I don't believe in this sitting in church. And you know, yeah, we believe God. Sit back, do a good thing, jump up, run out of the, get in the car and go home. Come on, is that all we have? God exists. If God is real, we got to get real with God. And say, if you are alive, if you are real, make yourself known to me. I want to know who you are. I want to know how to please you, how to serve you, how to live for you, and operate in the principles of faith. And if you don't have that bulldog tenacity inside you, you'll never know them. But I'm telling you, if you're like that, and you say, I want to know who you are, I want to know more about you and Jesus, that's what the Christian life is all about. Jesus himself said this. This is eternal life, that they might know you, the only true God, know you intimately, and Jesus Christ, whom thou hast sent. There has got to be a holy fervor, a burning desire, and a zeal to know the things of God. If we don't, if we're satisfied with religion and go to church and sit down and say, I put in my 45 minutes and I'm just getting in my car and going home and forget about living for God. Forget about trying to find out His Word and what it says and knowing what God said He would do for me and knowing the blessings of God and how God wants me to live my life. Forget it. We're not going to learn about the things of God because we don't have what it takes. But I'm telling you, if you're saying, I'm tired of being run over by the devil, I'm tired of being destroyed in my life, I am not going to give in to defeat, I'm not going to let sickness and disease destroy my life, I'm not going to let poverty overcome me, I'm not going to let anybody stand between me and fulfilling the will of God for my life, I know that God exists, I know that He's alive, He made heaven and earth, seeing all that in Him is, I know that God is God and He does not change, He has never changed, He's the same God yesterday, today and forever, I believe He's there. And I am seeking Him with all my heart. The Bible says when you seek with all your heart, you will find Him. And He will reveal Himself. Beloved, if God doesn't reveal Himself to you, you won't know Him. And neither will I. Well, He's done that in His Word. That's why He gave us His Word. And by faith, I've got to approach Him that way and say, I believe that you are, that you are alive. I believe that God is. You can say, I believe that you is. You are. Amen. And that you're alive and I've come to seek you so that you can reveal yourself to me. And what that means is this. If I reach up, he'll reach down. If I draw nigh to him, he will draw nigh unto me. If I call upon him, he will answer me. You know, he said, if you call upon me, I will answer you. Now, wait a minute. What is faith? What do we say faith was? Faith is like God told the truth. Well, God said, if you call upon me, I will answer you. Isn't that true? You know what? We should walk around like this thing. I believe I I call upon God. I'm calling unto you, and you said you'd answer me. So I believe it. I believe it. That's what God wants us to do. Faith is something that we believe. It's believing in the integrity of what God said. The integrity of God and what He said. And so that's what you said. I believe it. I'm calling upon you, and I expect you to answer me. Amen? And that's how God wants us to serve Him. And that's boldly coming to His presence by faith. Faith is embracing the idea of His existence and being convinced and persuaded that He will reveal Himself to the one who seeks Him. And if you'll seek Him with all of your heart, you will find Him. Hebrews chapter 11. I want you to look at verses 33 because I want to show us tonight what faith can do. Like I said, when I talk about religion, I'm talking about just going through rituals. 
knowing God is not about rituals. I want to show you what knowing God is all about. In verse 33, who through faith. Notice it says, who through faith. Who through faith did what? Subdued kingdoms. You remember those walls of Jericho? Have you ever been around fortified walls in ancient times? In our trip at Rome, I'm telling you, we were around the Roman walls. We're around the walls over there at Pompeii. And we saw the cities that were walled. And we saw what the people did. Thick walls. I'm talking about high walls. You go there by the Vatican, you can see these huge, humongous walls. And inside those walls, you felt safe, secure, and protected because of how big and how thick those walls were. And the enemy could not penetrate those walls to get to you on the inside. The guards were all around there. The doors were all shut at night. And you felt safe and you felt secure. And that's how Jericho was. And God told the people, I want you to go march around those walls six times, six days in a row, once every single day. Take the Ark of the Covenant, which is the presence of God, before you and go around. And on the seventh day, I want you to go seven times. I don't want anybody to say a word, but then when I give you the cue, you go ahead and shout and sound the the blast of the trumpet and you begin to shout and all that. Remember all that story? Through faith, they subdued kingdoms. I want you to know it's never anywhere recorded in history that these kinds of fortified walls ever came down with shouts. Maybe grenades. Maybe the atomic bomb. I mean, these were fortified walls. Nobody penetrated those walls. But the Bible says they went on that seventh day. Joshua gave the command. He said to blow the sound of the trumpet or the ram's horn. And everybody shout unto God with the voice of triumph. And when they did those walls... In history, in some, some believe they weren't shattered and didn't fall over. Those walls were pushed into the earth by some unseen force. Probably angels. Warring angels. But whatever. Those walls came down. They subdued kingdoms by faith. That's not religion. That's reality. Amen. What else does it say? Through faith, they wrought righteousness. They obtained promises through faith. They stopped the mouths of lions. David killed a lion with his hands. Samson killed a lion with his own hands. It was the power of God. They believed that the power of God in their lives was superior to the power of an animal. And as a result, they were able to overcome them. Look, look, read on. Verse 34, they quenched the violence of fire. How many of you know that fire can be violent? We put on the television all the time and you can see when there was a devastating fire, lives are taken. People's lives are destroyed. When there's a a forest fire out there, we can see the, the beauty of God's creation being destroyed and the wildlife and all that being destroyed by the violence of fire. One spark can destroy acres of good land. Well, this is talking about the fire that was in a burning, fiery furnace. When three individuals named Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego refused to bend and refused to bow their knee, they were told, don't do it God's way. You do it our way. You bow your knee. Just just forget your God just for about an hour or a week or something until the decree is passed or whatever. And they said, we're not going to bow our knee. We're going to obey our God. They said, we believe in our God. That's what faith is. 
Faith is believing, acting, and speaking like what God said is true and that God told the truth. Isn't that right? And you know what King Nebuchadnezzar said to them? What I'm telling you, you've really angered me now. I am going to throw you into the middle of a burning fire furnace and you tell me what God is able to deliver you out of my hand. And they said, oh, king, we're not careful to answer you in this matter. I'm telling you, we know the God we serve is the God that made heaven and earth, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He is the God of all creation. He is our God. We serve Him day and night, and Him alone will we serve. And He is able to deliver us out of that furnace if you throw us in, and the fire will not harm us. That's not religion. That sounds like fanaticism, doesn't it? Sounds like it, but I'm telling you, they believe they're God. That's what faith is all about. They believed, acted, and spoke like what God said was true. He said, don't bow your knee. I won't let you burn. And they believed it. They dared believe it. And you know what? They were thrown in. And the Bible says, go read it in the book of Daniel. The Bible says that the fire did not even burn them, nor did it singe their hair. Neither, neither, neither was the smell of smoke upon any of them. Now, wait a minute. What do we say that faith does? Faith, remember this now, faith is believing that God exists, that He is, and that He is a rewarder of them that diligently seek Him. He will manifest Himself in this realm of life to reward those that seek Him and seek His presence. And in that furnace, He showed up on the scene. And He protected them. There weren't three in the burning fire furnace. There were four, and the fourth was likened unto the Son of God, the Bible says. Aren't you glad that He showed up? That's a demonstration. It goes on to say, who did what? Quenched the violence of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, out of weakness were made strong, made, they, were wax, they waxed valiant in fight, and turned to flight the armies of the aliens. Women received their dead raised to life again. And others were tortured, not accepting deliverance, but they might obtain a better resurrection. All these things were wrought through what? Faith. See what faith can do. See what faith will do for people. Faith will open up heaven. Faith will make God a reality in your life. And faith will get God to move in this realm of life for you. This is talking about faith that really moves God to action, beloved. In your life. I want you to go back to the ver first verse of Hebrews chapter 11. Because here is another verse. I believe there is a faith that moves God, beloved. There is a faith that will have Him step out of that spiritual realm into the natural realm in which we live and begin to move on our behalf and do things in this life. If we don't have that, something is wrong. Because God wants it. He wants to move into this realm with us and He wants to do things for us in this life. He wants His will to be done in our lives on earth as it is in heaven. And faith does this. And you'll see this in this verse. Hebrews 11 one says, Now faith is. This is what faith is. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So first of all, faith is this. It's the substance of what we hope for. Without hope, faith has nothing to give substance to. But hope in itself is not faith. And hope does not get God to move out of the spiritual realm into the natural realm. Hoping that I'd be saved someday will never get me saved. 
I hope to be saved. I hope someday I go to heaven. I hope I make it into glory. I hope, I hope, I hope they will never get me saved. No, faith is believing that God exists and that what He said, I believe, act, and speak in line with. God said, if I want to be saved, then I have got to call upon the name of the Lord. There was a time in my life when I hoped I could make heaven. I'd go to bed at night saying, oh God, I hope one day I'm good enough to find favor in your eyes so that you can allow me into your eternal kingdom. I'd go to bed praying like that because I wasn't saved and I didn't know how to get saved. But you know, as long as I was only hoping to get there, hope never brought reality into my life and I was afraid of dying and going to hell. But because I had this desire, because I was sincere toward God, He sent people across my path that told me, you must be born again. I had to get through all that and figure out what He meant and, and study the Word of God for myself to find out. But then I found out that hope would not save me. If I was to be saved, I had to realize that God wanted me to turn over my life to Him. My salvation was not at the end of my life. But my salvation was right now. Today is the day of salvation, the Bible says. When you hear His voice, harden not your heart. Today is the day. And I said, oh, that's it. I see it now. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Paul said in Romans 10, But what saith it? The word is nigh thee in thy mouth and in thy heart. That is the word of faith that we preach. If thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. For with the heart man believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth he makes a confession unto salvation. Call upon His name, you'll be saved. That's what He said there. And I said, I see it now, I see it now, I see it now. As long as I'm hoping for it, I'll never get it. But right now I've got to believe that God, I'm giving you my life. I am laying down my life. I'm getting out of my plans, my purposes, and my pursuits. And I am getting into your plans, your purposes, and your pursuits. I'm denying myself, taking up my cross, and following Jesus all the days of my life. Now is the day of salvation. You're telling me you want me to say, Jesus, come in, save me. I give you my life. And I did. Didn't you notice? I did. See, hope never got me saved. But faith, when I believed what God said, acted like it was true, Jesus came into my heart, set my soul ablaze, and set me free, forgive me of my sins, gave me a new heart, a new spirit, and I'm saved. I am saved. Are you saved? Hope didn't do it for you. See, faith is the substance of what you hope for. Hope has no substance. But faith gave substance to my hope. Look at the next part. It goes on to say, the evidence of things not seen. I love this definition of faith. It is the evidence of things not seen. That really gets us to bow our knees. You know how much faith you have in what you see? You see that pew right there in front of you. You see the wood there, and you know it's there because you see it. But God says, I don't want you to have faith in what you see. I want you to have faith in what you don't see. Faith is the evidence of things not seen. Now listen carefully. How important is evidence? If someone accused me of a crime and I went to a court of law and they said, what have you got to say for yourself? And I come up with all kinds of evidence that prove I did not commit the crime. You think that would be valuable to my life? You know it would. I have got proof. I have got evidence 
that I did not commit that crime. And here it is. I'll lay it right out there before you. This is the proof. And they look over all that evidence and it's beyond any shadow of a doubt. I could not have committed the crime because of all the evidence that I have, all the proof. And it works both ways. Okay? Well, faith is the evidence of things that are not seen. Now, we've been taught to believe in what we see. And I want you to look at another scripture that connects this. Look at John chapter 20. And John's gospel chapter 20. And look at verse 24. After Jesus was resurrected from the dead, he appeared to his, his disciples and not all of his disciples saw him. There was one who did not see him and this one did not believe that Jesus was alive because he wasn't going to believe. He saw him die. He saw him buried. And so he could not believe that Jesus was raised up from the dead. And he said he would not believe even though the others saw him and said that he was alive. He would not believe. Now look at In verse 24 of John 20, but Thomas... One of the twelve, called Didymus, or twin, was not with them when Jesus came. And the other disciples therefore said unto him, We have seen the Lord, but he said unto them, Except I shall see. This is natural faith. Except I shall see in his hands the print of the nails, and put my finger into the print of the nails, and thrust my hand into his side, I will not believe. In other words, if I don't see it, if I can't feel it, I don't believe it. And the average person lives by that rule. If I can't see it, if I don't feel it, then I don't believe it. That's how natural man operates. But God's ways are higher. How many of you know that? Amen. Superior to ours. Now look at what it says. And after eight days again, in verse 26, his disciples were within and Thomas with them. Then came Jesus, the doors being shut and stood in the midst and said, Peace be unto you. Then saith he to Thomas, Reach hither thy finger, behold my hands, reach hither thy hand and thrust it into my side and be not faithless without faith, but believing. And Thomas answered and said unto him, My Lord and my God. Then Jesus saith unto him, Thomas, because thou hast seen me, thou hast believed. Blessed are they that have not seen and yet have believed. You know what, beloved? He's talking about you. You are blessed because you've never seen him, but you believe. Amen. Isn't that right? Amen. So then, what is the evidence you have to believe? We need evidence. See, people say that faith is blind. No, it's not. We have evidence. We have the proof of it all. We may not see it, but beloved, we have got the evidence and it's called faith is the evidence of things not seen. Where does faith come from? It comes by hearing the Word of God. Faith cometh by hearing, hearing by the Word of God. I have heard the Word of God, God that cannot lie. I know that God said it. I believe in His integrity. And therefore, that is the evidence of what I don't see. Did you see Jesus die on the cross? Anybody here today? Did you see Him made sin for us who knew no sin? Did you see the sin nature coming upon Him? Did you see Him bearing your sin and your sickness, as the Bible says, in His own body on the tree? Did you see any of that? Did you see Him pay the penalty, the suffering for our sin and disobedience? Did you see any of that? I didn't see any of that. Did you see that? No. So how do I know it happened? Because the Word of God, God who wrote that God-breathed, God-inspired book, said in that book, He made Him to be sin for me who knew no sin. How do I know I'm saved? I don't have any physical evidence. I don't have any physical proof. I can't see and I can't taste or touch or smell it. I have no evidences of the senses, but I've got evidence in my heart. My heart says that God did not lie. God put that on Jesus and He did it for me. 
Therefore, if I'm once saved, I've got to believe that God exists and He did not lie. I believe what He said. And as a result, that's faith. And you know what? That's the evidence of what I don't see. I didn't see it, but I believe it. I believe it. I act like it's so. I speak like it's so. And you know what? That's what got you saved. Isn't that what got you saved? You know, God didn't just provide salvation for us. Healing has been provided for us. Deliverance has been provided for us. Wisdom has been provided for us. Prosperity has been provided. All kinds of things that God has provided for us are written right here in the Word of God. These promises are God-breathed and God-inspired. I am to believe them. I am to act like they're so. Speak in line with them as if God told the truth. And that is called faith. My faith then becomes the evidence of what I do not see. I may not see it with my natural eyes, but you know what? I have evidence. I have proof. Beloved, we have got to get proof. I want you to look at 1 Peter 2.24. 1 Peter 2.24. This is what I mean by proof. 1 Peter 2.24. God said in His Word that He sent His Word to heal us and deliver us from our destructions. That's what it said in Psalm 107, verse 20. If a person needs healing, do you know what you need before you need healing? You need evidence. Everybody said to me, I need evidence. Say it again, I need evidence. I need proof. That's right, we all need proof. I know I'm saved because I have the proof, I have the evidence. Now, if I want healed, I've got to get some proof. I've got to get some evidence that tells me I have a right to believe that God will deliver me or heal me or whatever. First Peter 2.24 says this, Who his own self bear our sins in his own body on the tree. Do you believe that? Amen. Come on. I mean, if you believe Jesus bore your sin, shout amen. amen. You believe he bore your sin on that tree. Did you see it? Did you touch him? But do you believe it? You don't have any physical proof, do you? You don't see it like he said to Thomas. You see and, and believe. Blessed are they that don't see yet believe. That's what faith is all about. It's the evidence of things what? Did it say? Not. It didn't say the evidence of things seen. I see this card. It didn't say that. It's the evidence of things not seen. I don't see it, but I believe it. Who his own self bear our sins in his own body on the tree, that we being dead to sin should live unto righteousness... Thank God I'm dead to sin. Thank God sin's not alive in me. Sin's not alive in you. Let's preach on that for a while. I thank God that Jesus took His own blood into the high court of heaven, offered up that blood, and He, by offering that blood, obtained for me an eternal redemption and for you. And because of His blood, you and I are no longer in sin. Thank God. I'm dead to sin. I'm alive unto God. Hallelujah. Aren't you? I believe that. I didn't see any of it, but I believe it. Did you see him enter into heaven? Did you see him offer his blood? Did you see him sprinkle the mercy seat? Did you see him do anything? I didn't see him do any of that. But I'm telling you, I believe it because God said it and God cannot lie. His word is God breathed. It's inspired by his spirit. And that's what God revealed to me. And he's made himself known to me in that way. And you also. Look at the next part. By whose stripes you were healed. Did you hear that? Someone says to you, oh, I see that little thing on your hand. I see it. Yeah, I know you do. But you know what? I've got evidence that will prove to you I'm healed. Well, let me see your hand. I'm not talking about this evidence with the natural eye. I'm going to show you how faith works. I'm not talking about this evidence with the natural eye. I see that it's there, but I'm telling you, I have another kind of evidence 
It's the evidence of things not seen. It's called faith. I went into my reference book. I went into the roadmap of life. I opened up the Bible, which contains the Word of God, and I found some evidence. I found some proof. I've been trying to tell people that I'm healed. No one wants to believe me because of what they see. But look at right here. It says, By whose stripes ye were healed. Oh, thank God, thank God, thank God. You know what God wants us to do? God wants us to believe it's true. He wants us to act like it's true. He wants us to speak like it's true. That's exactly what He wants us to do. But we've got to find it for ourselves. We've got to do our own research and come up with our own evidence. I went to the Word of God and I've got some evidence that tells me that I am healed. And when I speak that out and I believe that even though I do not see that, what happens? God moves from the supernatural realm into the natural realm and He touches my body. Oh, I like that. God moves from the supernatural realm into the natural realm and He touches my body. Faith is getting God to get from the supernatural to the natural. And it takes faith to do that. You can't get there by saying, I hope I get healed someday. I hope I get healed someday. I hope I get healed someday. Hope has no reality. Faith is the substance of what I hope for. I hope to get healed, but now I've got to get faith. So faith is the evidence of what I don't see. I don't see it, but you know what? I've got some evidence right here. I'm going to close with this last scripture. It's so important to faith, to the teaching on faith. 2 Corinthians 4.18. Real quick. 2 Corinthians 4.18. I love to preach on faith. I don't know if you've noticed it or not. But I, I love Faith just turns me loose. What about you? 2 Corinthians 4.18. You know why? Because I like, I like reading about Daniel in the lion's den. I like reading about the three Hebrew children, children in a burning fire furnace. And the fire had no power over them. Why? Because they believed God. I like reading about a woman that believed in the prophet of God and she went and got all her vessels and the oil did not stop flowing until she filled up every vessel that she possibly could find in all her neighbor's houses and all that. Filled up her whole house with all these vessels and the oil kept pouring and pouring and pouring and pouring and pouring. She paid off all her debts with some of the oil that she sold and then she had enough left over to feed her family and live for the rest of their lives. Oh, isn't God good? Isn't God big? What did that? You think the natural mind knows how that thing worked? No. Faith did it, praise God. See, faith goes beyond our understanding. It goes beyond our intellect. It goes beyond our sense, knowledge, evidences. And it rises up above the clouds and it touches God. And when it touches God, God then comes back down. And God gets a hold of us. And God does a supernatural work in the natural realm, intervening for us. And miracles take place. Supernatural happenings occur. Explosions of almightiness take place in this realm of life because we dare believe God. Hallelujah. That's what faith is. Look at verse 18. Well, let's start with verse 17. Kind of put it together. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. You may think you're having it rough in this life, and you may think that living by faith is tough, and it's rough, and you know, you know you're not living by your sense, knowledge, evidences, and you're trying to, to, to wean yourself from that. And you might think, well, I'm getting attacked because I'm believing God from this end, from that end, from a direction. I want you to know something. What you do in God is going to work for you a more far eternal weight of glory. Amen. Look at the next verse. While we look not at the things which are seen, while we look not at the problem, while we look not at the disease, while we look not at the bank account, while we look not at, at what the devil's doing in the earth, while we look not at things that are seen, but at things 
which are not seen. How do you look at things that are not seen through the eye of faith? I don't see it, but I believe it. I look at it through the eye of faith. Look at it. Then it goes on to say, For the things that are seen, which are seen, are temporal, are subject to change. But the things that are not seen are eternal and they are not subject to change. By His stripes ye were healed is not subject to change. Thank God the fire has no power of you is not subject to change. You will walk with me in streets of of gold and, and you'll live in my glorious presence is not subject to change. He that will finish his course will win the victor's crown of glory is not subject to change. Heaven and earth can pass away, but his word will abide forever. And man is not to live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Can you say amen? Can you shout hallelujah? Can you praise God Almighty with me? Thank God, hallelujah, for the word. We can look not at things that are seen. We can look at things that are not seen. And that's faith. Act like God told the truth. That's what faith is. Stand up. Thank you for listening to our legacy teachings. We pray today's message has a profound impact upon your life and your ministry. I want you to know that God loves you, has a great plan for your life. But if you've never made Jesus Christ Lord and Savior of your life, I'd like to invite you to do that right now. Just pray this simple prayer right after me. Just say, Heavenly Father, I come to you just as I am. And I believe with all my heart that Jesus died for my sins and was raised from the dead for me. I open the door of my heart. I call upon the name of the Lord. Lord Jesus, come into my heart now. I receive you and accept you as my personal Savior and Lord. If you prayed that prayer with me, you're a child of God right now, and I encourage you to get into a good Bible-based church where you can learn to grow in your Christian faith and experience. God bless.